So hi everyone, this week I'll feed the fanatics. We found out for how South Africa is being weakened by race hustlers and we identify what this country's real challenges are and what it will take to overcome it. So stay tuned. Today we have a good show ahead. So yeah, once again, welcome to Freedom Fanatics. This is a production of the Freedom Advocacy Network. And each week we discuss the latest fan content with our authors and our creators right there. And I'm Solon, and this week I'm joined by an esteemed um, guest, Cicely, also known as uh, Big Daddy Liberty, um, one of South Africa's most prominent voices when it comes to freedom and the fight for it in South Africa. How are you doing, Cicely? Good. Hey, man. Very good to uh, be on the show. Thank God that I'm here. And uh, yeah, man, thanks for having me. Yeah, no, it's exciting to have you here. Um, and thank you once again for making the time. Um, so first up, we will be looking at fans um, explain the video, which is titled Racism is Not the Problem. So yeah, we can have a quick watch. Race and racism are South Africa's biggest challenges. Racism is the number one priority for South Africans. We've all heard this from politicians and the news media. What if I told you these are all lies? Between the noise and the anger stoked by political parties and vested interests, it is difficult to hear the truth about race relations in South Africa. Recent polling investigated the priorities of ordinary South Africans, looking at what people actually want the government to focus on. 53% say unemployment and creating jobs. 22% say crime, safety and security. 18% say fighting corruption. Only 3.3% of people say a focus on racism and discrimination should be the country's top priority. More than 70% of South Africans believe that different races need each other to make South Africa better. It was the American economist Thomas Saul, himself someone who suffered under racial discrimination against Black Americans, who said, Racism is not dead, but it is on life support, kept alive by politicians, race hustlers, and people who get a sense of superiority by denouncing others as racist. Those in power use race and racism to divert attention from their disastrous failures on jobs, crime, and corruption. It is time to call out the lies. Your freedom is worth fighting for. Join FAN today to build a new tomorrow. Yeah, so Cicely, you are someone who has been privileged to travel across this beautiful country that we get to call South Africa. And my question to you is you've seen a lot of communities, you've encountered a lot of different people in different settings, in different contexts. And do you believe that racism, racism and race is really such a big deal and, all, and continues to be the reason why South Africa is struggling with an unemployment crisis, high inequality and poverty? Well, funny enough, the, the answer to that question is yes and no. 
Now, yeah. the moment I say that, people go, yes, or another group will say, no, how dare you say that? Well, let, let, me, let me unpack it briefly. It's yes yeah. and no, because if you're in the bubbles, I like to call them the, the sort of trendy lefty elite bubbles, where the political elites are, the politicians are, the uh, pundits who you often see paraded on TV or on radio as yeah. academics or rather as... Um, uh, um, contributors, uh, those individuals who live in these uh, rather elite bubbles in this country, then absolutely to them, race and racism is the problem in the country. Racism is the single largest impediment to the advancement and advancing of a black individual or black people generally, and white people in particular are seen as the biggest uh, hindrance insofar as the structural powers they'll tell us that they have, um, that they lord over other races to, in order to push them or hold them back. These are the sort of arguments and really the, 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 the spectra, spectrum of thought that, el, that comes out of the elite. So yes, to them, racism absolutely, and racism is the problem, but to the overwhelming majority of South Africans, the rest of us basically, who don't live in those bubbles, who aren't the sort of people who write into newspapers regularly, for example, in the comments pages, or are the sort of people who are paraded on TV or radio um, as the commentariat to that average ordinary South African, the one I described as being a faith, flag, freedom and family type South African. Yeah. That individual, race is not the biggest impediment to them, nor is it a, um, a um, an everyday feature or something that they think of on a day-to-day -day basis because there are other priorities which are much more pressing that have nothing to do with their skin color and everything to do with whether they live in a opportunity society, one that is defined by freedom, a property rights and um, a market economy that, that allows them to compete and to pursue their happiness, um, or whether they live in a, a closed crony society, one which ironically the elites who I talk about um, have every interest in preserve preserving because literally it is for the preservation of them and not the masses as the left will sometimes even describe the ordinary people that I talk of. So in short, it's a yes and no, but the, the truth of the matter is for the rest of us ordinary South Africans, those faith, flag, family and freedom types of Africans, race is not our biggest issues. There are much bigger issues that we deal with. Yeah, and that and that actually links up brilliantly to the next question I actually have for you is because when we see, like you mentioned, the elites, these include obviously some political figures, not all of them, um, these really intellectual academics who, you know, they, they, they think they are the greatest philosophers, philosophical thinkers um, of our generation. Yeah. These guys, they are usually the ones pushing this. And what my question to you simply is, what do you think they gain from making this the focus? Like, obviously oh, making this the focus. That's a great question because it's the question that's confounded a lot of people as to why why would it benefit anybody to push a racially divisive messaging into society? Why would it benefit anybody to push a message which is purposefully designed to dribble and distract? Hashtag don't be dribbled, as I often say on my show. Um, dribble and distract a population who themselves are basically saying race isn't the issue. So why then would someone who is in the political office, for example, uh, mm -hmm. despite what ordinary people want, go the other direction of insisting on dividing by race? Well, because it, it's great for power and it's great for resources, including money. Um, you know, I often call it the race grift. 
because it really is a grift. It's a grift that accords uh, those individuals who do it either a power, which is where the politicians and really the political elites come into the equation, or alternatively money, which is where some of these um, you know, the, the, the woke academics um, and the sort of critical race theory types come in because it's very profitable. It's profitable to, to unleash a, uh, a, a uh, again, if I have to steal from the ANC, a cadre of social activists whose main yeah. purpose is to apply pressure, be loud, uh, intimidate, and at times even destroy public uh, and private property in order to apply pressure on individuals or companies because they know the end product or the outcome is the hiring of them as racial diversity officers or diversity personnel, which we're seeing a, a springing of it in the private sector. A springing of it, of course, in terms of uh, these diversity coaches. And I mean, they go by various names or diversity mm -hmm. officers yeah. or empowerment uh, professionals, or even these individuals who grift off of existing race-based laws, um, such as BEE. Now we have people who are called compliance officers. So there's obviously money to be made in race grifting, and there's definitely power to be gained into it. And that's the, the toxic nexus, the toxic link mm. between the two, a, a linking of power and money, where on the one hand, the politicians abuse the instruments of state uh, and law in order to promulgate race-based legislation in the understanding that that race-based legislation is monetized or grifted on by their political elite buddies, their chums in the political elites, whether they're in academia or the intelligentsia broadly, or even in the private sector, where they then monetize that very same race-based law. And it's a win-win because they then both edify each other. Simply put, they both um, validate each other's insistence on race. So, for example, the race grifters who make the cash off of this will say, look at how these politicians who promulgate these laws are so progressive, they'll tell us. Or, you know, these politicians are moving in the right direction. And invariably, most of those politicians they refer to are on the left, the trendy lefties, mm -hmm. who I like to characterize them, who are obsessed with race and, of course, obsessed with acquiring political power in order to enact these racial policies. So it literally is a feedback loop, so to speak, that never ends. And at the center of who pays the price for it is us, the ordinary citizen. Yeah, seriously, um, that was a really brilliant um, analysis because of this linkage that you referred to with these, these left-leaning voices in the public square, while we see in government, they actually have linkages to actual policy makers and right. those are actually direct our policy. And which means that, especially like you say, critical race theory. And so people tend to criticize it being this fairy tale, um, abstract thing that doesn't really have a real impact on society. But the truth is these ideas actually eventually um, become real life policies, such as That's things right. like black economic empowerment, which sounds brilliant, but in actual fact, it only reaches a connected elite. That's, that's the reality we see. And that actually links up brilliantly to this article that Fan actually releases, which is titled, um, Race Hustlers Are Trying to Weaken South Africa. And what this one actually focuses on is that it means that South Africa has entered into a phase in its history where jobs are scarce and life is becoming increasingly difficult for ordinary South Africans, genuine, um, faith, freedom-loving South Africans, as you mentioned. And due to this, some politicians will try to benefit from our frustrations and from our, and from our, um, and they will stoke anger up. 
um, by polarizing communities through race hustling, which is the best way to describe these guys. And what we see is that race, racially exclusive laws like DE have been a feature of South Africa's history, even during apartheid, where it right. mainly benefited the Afrikaner group back then, the elite connected Afrikaner group back then. And mm-hmm. now we see that this is continuing, continue, continuously um, being exhibited by our government in the form of black economic empowerment, which it claims supports um, ordinary South Africans, but yet it only enriches the elites. Your thoughts? That's right. I mean, one of the things people need to always remind themselves when it comes to the race grifters, or as you guys call them, the race hustlers, is yeah. two things primarily, especially if they're politicians. Number one, for a politician, the most important thing, um, even important to the point where even service delivery is secondary, if not incidental. The most important thing that I'm referring to for them is the acquisition and the retention of power at all costs. And power, power in a society such as South Africa has historically always seen a need, if you will, a need as they determine it, um, in order to, to, to play up different race groups uh, effectively divide them and govern them in a, uh, a segmented way, almost offensive, separate but equal, but not really equal either, uh, um, uh, um, methodology that our politicians have always used, whether you go back to our colonial days, uh, where in favor were English-speaking white South Africans, right through to our apartheid days, which was a reaction to that, the reaction to the colonial days where Afrikaner nationalism saw a an ascendancy and in, invariably white, primarily white Afrikaans-speaking individuals um, took over the levels of power and indeed uh, began to do exactly what the colonial government did, only to the benefit of them this time. And yeah. we've seen no change effectively, um, which is the sad part with the democratic government, which has done the exact same thing, where African nationalism, which is the um, racial ideology that, that that dominates our politics. Now, remember, socialism and leftist ideology dominates economic thought, uh, generally and economic governance thought in our country. But African nationalism um, and pan-Africanism is the sort of racial ideology, uh, racialized ideology that really dominates our politics. And the ANC, um, much like other parties, the EFF, the PAC, Azapo, Azania, um, the BLF, all of those parties, yeah. and more, by the way, subscribe to these ideologies to varying degrees. But the point is this, um, we saw no change with the new democratic government when it came to power, because it then saw itself as having now to rectify the ills of uh, colonialism, which saw white English speaking primarily be the beneficiaries in a racial hierarchy. And of course, in reaction to that, an apartheid regime, which saw white Afrikaans speaking individuals. And by the way, both of these groupings, it was only the elites of those particular racial groups that really were front and center yes. in terms of benefiting. But that's a discussion for another day. Um, and of course, through democracy, um, the transition to democracy, the ANC, then seeing itself as necessitating placing black. Um, uh, uh, individuals at the top of the racial hierarchy, but inevitably because of who they are as leftists, um, it's the black elites, uh, primarily the political elites in particular, um, who are at the top of this. So again, all three periods of South African history have always seen politicians choose, effectively pick winners and losers in society based on nothing more than race and your socioeconomic status, primarily. And that is the toxic nature of what has governed South Africa and why people like you and me 
um, and organizations like FAN and the Institute of Race Relations, you know, the Big Daddy Liberty Show, present an alternative vision of what South Africa could be, one which is founded on freedom um, as the primary organizing tool or the primary organizing idea of society. And from that freedom, literally a basket of other ideas that err on the side of freeing a society for them, for the individual. Um, and really, we talk a lot about the individual, but really we're a family society. So insofar yeah. as we say individual, we mean families. For them to have the freedom to be able to pursue their happiness and to live in an opportunity society that literally builds wealth, uh, secures property rights, and accords people the ability to trade freely on a market economy. For them to create the wealth, to create and keep that wealth. Those are the sort of ideas that we advocate for. So in conclusion to this particular point, I would say this. Be very wary. Be very wary of trusting politicians, the political elites, and the media, the mainstream media chums who support this narrative, uh, and of course the intelligentsia, who are intent and are, mm -hmm. are genuinely intent on you judging them and judging their policies by their intentions and not by their outcomes. Because the sure. outcomes of their policies, if you look back to colonial days, apartheid days, and today, are absolutely terrible. Whereas the intentions are always good. I mean, if you're a white individual, a white English-speaking individual under colonial days, the politicians back then would have sold you fantastic intentions. Yeah. They would have said things like, oh, well, you know, you are a... Uh, a newcomer in a new colony. We had to protect you and your interests as a minority grouping, especially because you're English speaking, blah, blah, blah. And, the, and you know, we, we'll control the, the, the native population that we were referred to as natives back then. That was, of course, the intention and people judged their policies by those intentions, even though the outcomes were atrocious to everybody else. The same thing with apartheid. Those politicians, the Nats of back in the day, would effectively want to be judged by the intentions of their policies. For example, if uh, uh, Hendrik Favot used to argue that a, the policy of apartheid, he said, is one of good neighborliness. Again, this, this notion that, you know, trust me by the intentions of it. You know, it's separate but equal. Blacks will have their own little space. Coloreds will have their own little space. Indians will have their own little space. And of course, whites will have their own little space. All will be catered for. The intentions is what he sold. Um, the Afrikaans-speaking population, even though the outcomes were terrible for exactly that. Black, Indian, yeah. white, and colored, ironic, uh, and, and pardon me, black, Indian, colored, and ironically even whites were worse off under apartheid. Mm. Um, and democracy we're seeing under the same, the same thing, pardon me, under now what is an African nationalist ideology, a black, black supremacist ideology effectively, which is yoked to socialism. So again, be very wary be very wary of politicians asking to judge them by their intentions and not by the outcomes of their ideas, because ideas matter. Yeah, thanks for that, Sisley. We've reached the end of our episode now. And yeah, Sisley, we hope to have you on soon as well, because that was absolutely brilliant. And don't forget to catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and IGTV. At the Joint Fan, you can support our fight for freedom and sign up at freedomadvocacy.net. And remember, guys, your freedom is worth fighting for.